0: Dr. Latuga. I'm a neonatologist at the Children's Hospital at Montefiore, Weiler Division, NICU. I'm here with Yael today to talk about what it's like to be a parent in the NICU. And I'd like to acknowledge the National Association of Neonatal Nurses. They've provided some of the information included in this podcast. I'm Yael. I'm
1: a mom and a medical student, and I'm excited to be talking about this with Dr. Latuga. I feel that As parents, we might have a lot to learn about this kind of an experience, and it could be very helpful to have this as something we could come back to and listen to whenever we would need.
0: Great. And I'm hopeful that this information will be useful for y'all as you're going through this experience. Having a baby in the NICU is very hard.
2: sure it is. Um, So thank you for talking to us about this. I guess the first thing
1: that comes to mind when I think about being a parent in a NICU is you know where the parents fit in in that kind of a system because you know usually parents prepare themselves to be the ones taking care of their babies 24/7 in the beginning and it's a little hard you know when the unexpected happens and your baby is now being taken care of by doctors and nurses and you know everyone on the healthcare team in the hospital and i'm just wondering what you think the parents could do to help out and, you know, where we play a role in this?
0: That's a great question, Yael. I think in the beginning, when parents walk into the NICU, it can be very overwhelming. Depending on what's going on with your baby, there can be a lot of equipment around your baby and a lot of other people helping to take care of them. I would recommend for families to come to the NICU as soon as you're able to, to kind of understand what your baby likes and doesn't like, Um, and as well, try to understand what's going on with your baby. Ask as many questions as you have of the providers taking care of your baby, because it'll help you understand what's going on. And what kind of things
1: do you think parents could learn about their baby so early on in the hospital?
0: I think to start with is just paying attention to how your baby responds to the environment around them. Again, being in the NICU is not like being inside of mom. Uh, The NICU has noises and lights and sounds that they may not be comfortable with. So you can see how they respond when they have a diaper change, if they stay calm, talking to your baby during these um, events, like uh, when they're getting their temperature taken, can actually be very calming. They know your voice, they know your smell, uh, and they will be calmed just hearing your voice. I know that
2: throughout pregnancy moms are always told to talk to their babies and maybe it's even to sing to their babies
1: and dads are encouraged and if there are siblings also they're encouraged to play that role,
2: you know, even before the baby comes. So I'm sure this is something that could be very comforting to the baby
0: now that they're away from mom a lot of the time. Absolutely true. And in terms of the senses, smell is one of the first senses that develops in a baby that's born very prematurely. So just your hand and smelling your hand, your breast milk, all of these will alert your baby that you're nearby. Uh, And the same with dad as well as siblings. And then something
2: else that I was wondering if parents could do for their baby is holding the baby in the NICU and rocking the baby and things like that, physical touch. So we
0: absolutely encourage parents to provide skin-to-skin care for their baby as soon as they're medically stable. There can be some reasons that parents can't hold their baby skin-to-skin, but most babies can be held skin-to-skin, and ideally, parents should do this every day. You want to have a period of 30 minutes that you can stay with your baby, um, and you want to wear an open shirt and not no perfumes or strong smells, because sometimes um, that can be uh, stimulating to your baby. But doing skin-to-skin care really is good for your baby. They calm down, their heart rate tends to go down, and it's wonderful bonding for you. Uh, and if this the, for all the moms who are listening it's really good for your milk supply as well.
1: Thanks for saying that. That's actually something that's really nice to hear because I'm sure I don't only speak for myself when I know that one of the most comforting things for a mom is to be able to hold the baby, you know, before the baby even comes, a lot of moms look forward to that moment that they could hold their baby and you know, sing to their baby, look at their baby. So being able to do that even in the NICU is something that's so special that moms could do and dads could do too. Um, and I guess another question I had about the touch of you know, holding a baby is if there's anything that we should keep in mind that might be too much for them to handle. I know you mentioned scented perfumes and lotions. I was wondering if there's anything else that might be a little bit bothersome to them that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily think of on our own.
0: That's another really good question, Yael. So for babies who can't be held if they are unstable or if they have particular kinds of catheters that prevent them from being held, there's something called the hand hug where a parent can place one hand on the baby's head and one hand on the baby's bottom and it is somehow very calming and soothing to the baby another thing is just to put your hand on top of their chest and apply very gentle pressure most babies actually don't respond well to tapping sometimes that can be too much stimulation for them every baby is different and you'll be able to see how they respond To different um, things that you're doing. And it's also helpful sometimes to ask the nurse how they think the baby's doing.
1: Yeah, you definitely raise a good point. The nurses are an invaluable source, you know, for telling you how your baby's doing before you get there and just kind of cluing you into the baby's temperament and how they're feeling physically and things like that. Um, So another thing that, you know, just came up when I was thinking about this is What happens if, as a mom or as a dad, I come into the NICU and I want to hold the baby, but the baby's sleeping? You know, is that something that you would still encourage parents to pick up
0: their baby or you would want them to keep sleeping? So if a baby is sleeping in the NICU, we'll encourage families to let them rest. Sleep time is uh, really a time for restoration and growth. If you think about the stress and the um, activities that a baby has to go through when they are in the NICU they can be significant and so when they are able to go to sleep we like to let them have that time to regenerate and regroup they know that you're there they can smell you they can hear you even when they're sleeping uh, they know that you're with them don't feel like you're not uh, participating in If they're not awake. All right. Thank you so much for saying that. That's definitely
1: something that's very good to hear because I'm sure you know all babies sleep a lot, and especially if a baby's not feeling well, they are likely to sleep a little more than the average baby. So chances are a lot of the time parents are coming in and their baby is sleeping. So that's helpful to know that you know that visit's not for nothing. It's still important for baby. It's still important for the parent. So if a parent wants to come in and baby sleeping and like we said it's still helpful to the baby that you're there but they also parents also kind of want to get some feedback about their baby when would you say is the best time for parents to come in?
0: We encourage families to come in the early afternoon and the morning. Every day between 9 and 12 the providers taking care of your baby will talk about everything that's been going on with them and we'll come up with the plan for what we're gonna do for that day. So by one o'clock in the afternoon, we should have that information. So it's helpful if you're physically in the NICU at that time, if you're able to get information. We're also happy to call you to give you updates. Family meetings are another way that we can uh, review everything that's going on with your baby one advantage of a family meeting is that we can since it's planned we can have social work present as well and um sometimes we have other folks from the team who are able to support you having your baby in the NICU is a big deal and it can be really stressful and we like to um give you multiple opportunities um, and different ways of getting information um, from us about what's going on with your baby.
1: All right, that all sounds very helpful. Thank you for that. I'm sure it could be disappointing for parents if they get into the NICU and, you know, I'm sure they have other things going on. They put aside the time to come in and they feel like nobody's able to tell them what they want to hear and nobody's able to sit down with them. So I think planning meetings, if possible, could be very helpful for a lot of parents and it's good to know that we have that option as parents to kind of have that set up in place and have all the different people that you would wanna talk to put you into their schedule and talk to you about what you need to hear and what you wanna say and hear what you have to say. So that's definitely something that's really, really helpful.
0: We also have the opportunity to do these meetings using a video. So again, if that's something that you're interested in, please tell your social worker or the doctors taking care of your baby that you want to do it with the video, whether it's by FaceTime or Microsoft Teams, and we can set that up as well. And this way, if only one parent could
2: come in, the other parents could also call in, and that could be really nice to have that option.
1: Um, Okay, thank you for that. Uh, Another thing that I wanted to talk about is the setup in the NICU itself. I know that you alluded to this earlier when you said there's a lot of lights and there's a lot of sounds, and it could be a little difficult you know, for babies in general to be in that kind of an environment especially right after being born and kind of being cocooned in that womb for so long so I guess I'm wondering what the NICU is doing with that in mind what the NICU is doing to make the babies feel a little bit more comfortable after this transition into into the world after being born. Thanks
0: for asking about that Yael again there there's no way we can make the NICU like being inside of you if this is a mom's listening to this um, we try to keep the babies in the isolate with a blanket covering the isolate for twelve hours out of the day. We try to have quiet time in the NICU between two and four in the afternoon, so they have a real dedicated time during the day that's quiet. uh during the night, there tends to be some periods, again, hours in a row when um, there is less activity and less noise. We are mindful of our conversations in the NICU. One thing that I think important to remember is that it's helpful for babies to hear voices. It's good for their language development. What is not so good for their development is the loud noises that aren't voices, that are not words. But hearing words is actually good for their um, brain development. So all noise isn't bad. Uh What we want to avoid is those loud noises when you close the isolate to be very gentle with the door, so it doesn't sound like a big boom inside the isolate um being careful careful with x-ray machines so we try to be uh to kind of modulate their environment so they're hearing the things that are best for their brain. A lot of the
1: time it's easy to just envision the worst and think, you know, baby's suffering, they're in the hospital, they're not feeling well, everything's scary, you know, and the doctors might just be focused on healing them physically and not really care how they're feeling or not really care if they're scared or uncomfortable as long as they're being healed. So it's really nice to hear that the team is really putting in effort to make the baby feel as comfortable as possible,
2: even if it's not something that's medically, you know, for their health. I would argue
0: that, in fact, that's probably the most important thing for their health. Um, We also try to call babies by their names. Once you've decided what your baby's name is, we'll uh, call your baby by their name. And we're always watching to see how they're responding to their environment, what they like and what they don't like. Uh, You're going to be the best at knowing all of these things. So... If you see something that you think your baby is not doing well, please tell your nurse because we know that you know better than any of
2: us. That sounds very empowering. Thank you for saying that. Um, I hope
1: moms and dads really do feel that way when they come in and really do feel like they're coming in and they're seeing someone that they already know and someone that they've already been with for a while Um, because it could be very daunting to come in and, you know, see the baby not having a great day or see the baby being taken care of by all these people that you don't know and feel like, you know, you're just in the audience and you're just hoping that the baby's okay and you feel helpless. So it's really nice to know that you value us as parents and, you know, you want our input and you think that this is really what's
2: best for baby and what's best for us. That makes us feel a lot better about this process. That's really hard.
0: We are in this together as a team. We work together and hopefully together to get your baby home and safe with the best outcome possible. Having your baby in the NICU is hard and sometimes uh, they're gonna be good days and some days they're gonna be bad days. So being honest with yourself about how you're feeling about this whole process, um, having somebody to talk to is really
2: important too. And when you say having someone to talk to, I believe it doesn't
1: necessarily mean just someone in the hospital. That also means someone at home, someone that you could call on the phone, right? You know, a friend or a family member or, you know, maybe the hospital could connect us with other parents that are going through this and just kind of reach out to other people that might understand your experience a little bit
2: and help you kind of, you know, come to terms with what's going on around you. Families
0: talk to different people, some families, some parents talk to each other, some parents talk to other family members or friends. For some families, it's helpful to talk to the doctors regularly. Some other families uh, find other NICU families. We do have a support group that we are starting up remotely. And in addition, if you find that you're not sleeping, that you're not eating and you feel like you're not coping well with everything that's going on with your family, please let us know. We do have other resources and other folks we can uh, connect you with to help you. It sounds like a big cliche to say that if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. And it's really true. And we want you to be at your best for your baby.
1: Yeah, I could say, speaking from my own personal experience, that that's definitely true. You know, babies could sense a lot more than you give them credit for a lot of the time. And when parents are stressed, the baby's stressed. And when parents are happy, oftentimes the baby experiences that too. And to say, you know, I'm going to just make sure baby's okay, even if that means I'm not sleeping enough, even if that means I'm snacking here and there, not
2: eating well. And, you know, as long as the baby's okay, I'm fine. That doesn't really work
0: out very well. I agree. It catches up with you, and then you're suddenly, nobody's okay. You're not okay, and the baby's not okay. Uh, And I've heard it said that having a baby in the NICU is a crisis for your family, and it is. It affects every member of your family. Um, If your baby has older siblings... I'd encourage you to talk to them about what's going on. They're gonna, even if they're young, they'll know that something's not right, um, and I, I think it can be reassuring for them to hear what's going on from you. Yeah, that's definitely true.
1: I feel like a lot of the time, when something crazy is going on with one child, some other children could be not overlooked, but you know, you kind of just assume that they're coping or they're doing okay, and they really want to hear from you, you know what they could understand but they want to hear it from you and they they feel like we said before how a baby feels when you feel your children feel it too and you you want to make sure that they're also doing okay and you know talk to them about how they're feeling you know when you can and try to make sure if you're not able to do it right now try to have someone there for them um, because it really could be a lot on a parent to feel that their baby's in the NICU and their children at home and everything's going on and it's just falling on them so it's really important to kind of Think a little bit and say to yourself, you know, who could help me out with this and who could help me out with that? And who is my child at home really close with that could, you know, help them through this? Because right now I'm busy. And it's really important to notice that and to not think that you could do everything. Because a lot of the time what ends up
2: happening is all those little things that you thought you could do end up not really getting done. I
0: agree, Al. And there's no, there's nothing wrong with asking somebody for help. You know, when your neighbor asks, oh, what can I do? Say, tell them, can you watch the three-year-old for an hour? I really need to take a nap. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's actually,
1: yeah, it's okay, and it's also really helpful for the three-year-old and for you. You know, you get your nap, and the three-year-old gets a new person to talk to and play with and tell them about their favorite toy and their favorite game, and it's not someone who's exhausted and worried about other things that are going on. You know, if someone offers to help you, it's usually because they really do want to help you, and they'll Take whatever job you give them happily. Um, what you would say to parents that are both there, and you see how each parent's coping, and they're coping very differently, and it's you seem to see that there's something going on, you know, between them. If there's is there anything that you think you would be able to tell them and kind of help them understand what's going on?
0: I do see that, Yael. It's interesting because oftentimes parents are in very different places as they process their thoughts and emotions around what's happening with your baby I would recommend that you give your partner space again everyone kind of deals with these things differently and you it's not fair to expect them to be in the same place where you are Um, asking those open-ended questions and listening to responses without judgment I think can be very helpful to um, help families kind of stay together even if they aren't in complete agreement about what they about what's going on
1: yeah that's actually very helpful to to hear and to keep in mind because there's so much going on and sometimes people take for granted that the their partner or you know the other parent is on the same page as them and to just kind of not check in with them because there's so much else going on and you know, it's something that's important because things that happen now could really affect what happens later on in terms of a relationship and you know, having parents that are able to get through things together is really important for the parents and also for the baby, you know, just because they're in the NICU right now and this is a major, major thing that's happening to them, you know, hopefully they're going to grow up and they're going to have other things going on and, you know, what you're doing right now as parents could really help mold the kind of parents you'll be and the kind of parents you'll be able to work together as later on in life. So it's also really important to kind of try to build some sort of,
2: you know, strong foundation of what kind of parents you want to be right now. I agree.
0: And those skills that you use in terms of listening to your partner and um, trying to come to consensus um, are skills that you'll use forever.
1: Mm -hmm. It's very easy to kind of focus on the present, you know, there's a baby and the baby needs a lot of help and we need to get through this right now and sometimes it's it's really easy to kind of lose sight of the fact that this is hopefully someone's future also and that this is just the very beginning of somebody's life and this is just the very beginning of a family and you know right now we're stuck in this in this moment and right now we're stuck in this predicament and this you know experience and it's very challenging and you know we're all working towards hopefully having more moments in the future and more experiences in the future so it is very helpful to you know sit and think about you know how could I make it that the relationships we have right now are going to be able to carry through. Um, Is there anything else that you would tell parents if you can about you know how they should feel about about what's going on and you know I don't I don't think I'm speaking for all parents but I believe that there are probably some parents out there that might feel like this is their fault and the fact that their baby's in the NICU is something that they did wrong, you know, because the the baby didn't do anything to get here. And it must be them because they're the ones that were making decisions and they're the ones that were doing things when they were expecting the baby. So what would you say to parents like that that are thinking those thoughts?
0: I think that all families whose babies are in the NICU uh, have those feelings. It is not uncommon and to all of you i say that this is not your fault this is not because you were on your feet too much or you weren't on your feet enough and you didn't walk around the block as many times as you should have this is not because you ate the turkey sandwich uh it's not because you didn't eat the turkey sandwich we don't know why some mothers and some families have to go through this but this is not your fault It is really hard to really accept that, Uh, and I know that many of you will be reviewing all of the days of your pregnancy, trying to identify what you could have done differently. I would encourage you to forgive yourselves and to move on um, because you didn't do anything wrong.
2: It is very easy sometimes to point a finger at yourself. You know,
1: NICU parents and, you know, also not NICU parents. All parents kind of feel like things might be their own fault and it could be really hard to struggle with that and you know, you can only imagine for a parent of a of a sick child or a parent of a premature child to feel like, you know, this is horrible and it's all my fault. So it's really nice to hear from you that, you know, this isn't something that any parents did. This isn't anything that, you know, they should avoid in the future. And it takes a load off of our shoulders as parents, especially when it comes from a doctor. Because a lot of people, you know, hear that kind of stuff from their parents or hear that kind of stuff from their friends. And they just, they want to believe it, but it's hard for them to believe it because there's no background for that. There's no scientific evidence for that or anything like that. And a lot of the time, they'll still feel like there's something that they did wrong and no one's telling them about it. So it's really helpful to hear from doctors, especially neonatologists that work with babies all the time. It's nice to hear from them that there's nothing that they should have done differently, you know, because it makes them, uh, it could make a lot of parents really believe that, hopefully. I hope that's true. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about all these questions. You know, it was helpful to me, and I hope it's helpful to other parents that are listening and you know hopefully they could reach out if they have any more questions and if they need to listen to this a few times it's I think
2: it's helpful that we have this as a recording it was lovely to chat about these things and I
0: look forward to the next time we talk thank you again